0: Hey guys, uh, welcome to yet another show of Ask Me Anything and this time we have Saurav and Tanwai and we are going to talk about Australian New Zealand and because that's the best time like to talk about the upcoming months Australian New Zealand is going to be the best time to visit and obviously you have a lot of holidays and you can always visit these places and this about New Zealand, New Zealand is uh, a, a beautiful place just beautiful and relax and uh, like obviously if you're interested in a self drive option usually is the best place uh, just to drive around using scenic roads and what we do is that like, we don't even have uh, to take like an international driving license So any driving license works completely fine there and also like have automatic cars and that's really good uh, classy and if you talk about New Zealand, it not just gives you like insurance and scenic it gives you a mixture of everything Right from city life to uh, exploring the culture, smaller towns, beaches, adventurous activities, different types of landscapes as well, because you have a glacial region there. And you can, again, if you're not comfortable driving, you, you can always take this as a coach as well. You have really scenic uh, train journeys. And uh, like one of the most uh, like loved trains is the Trans Alpine Train, which runs between Christchurch and Raymond. And even if you talk about Australia, Australia also is uh, like a very good season to like to in the upcoming yeah, months. Yes, yeah. and I think
1: yeah. And if you're planning for your a family trip with your kids, then you can go visit the theme parks there. Or if you're just planning your honeymoon, you can take a drive along the Great Ocean Road. So again, Australia has a mix of everything. A mix of Scenic beauty as well as a mix of adventurous activities, so you get to cover everything in Australia. And especially if you're going you, uh, during December, you get to see the fireworks in Sydney Harbour during the New Year's Eve, which is like the best thing. And you get to, you know, do go to a lot of New Year parties in Sydney as well as in Melbourne Coast if you're into nightlife and everything.
0: So, Australia yeah, does offer a lot of nightlife and city life as compared to New yes. Zealand. So, in case city life and nightlife is one of your priorities, then Australia would be a little better than what New uh, Zealand is, if that is uh, your ideal priority. But uh, again, talk about duration wise, uh, like in case you guys have at least 10 at well days, that's going to be an amazing time to do this and a time. So, so, Chandramukhi from Chennai has asked, uh, What is the preferred mode of payment in Australia? Uh, how much would you recommend we exchange? Uh, we are a family of five traveling in uh, December. Uh, so, basically, if you talk about Australia, uh, like the average uh, cost of uh, food that you'll be spending for five people should be about $100 for me. And even uh, like cooking at breakfast, lunch and dinner, this should cost you <coughs> roughly about uh, $300 uh, for a day. And it depends on your duration. If you're uh, planning for a more 10 to days, then an average about, uh, like a lap of about the last 50 is what I would recommend. That's uh, going to be a comfortable one. And this again depends on where you're going to be. Uh, like going for the restaurants but uh, generally should be about a lap to a lap of 50. and obviously you would want to carry a little more to do some additional activities, do some shopping, so uh, a good amount of,
1: for the public uh, a bit,
0: maybe. so roughly about 4,000 uh, like Australian dollars would be a good amount for you to exchange and this also I would recommend that you take all of this in cash, you would probably take half of this in card and half of this in uh, like uh,
1: Exchange half of it, and you can take credit. I mean, credit or debit. Basically, plastic
0: uh, money, because obviously, like all the places uh, within these uh, like areas have a lot of uh, restaurants which uh, use uh, like credit cards and debit cards. So this way, you can like it's going to be a lot more easier for you to carry that amount of cash. And uh, like again, it basically depends on your preferences how you like to carry those. Uh, so, moving on, we have yet another question. So, this is from uh, Mr. Honey, and this is, uh, they're planning a honeymoon in the last week of October, and they are undecided between New Zealand and Australia. Uh, they prefer lesser crowds and want to experience local culture. So, if you talk about culture, culture-wise, both uh, like Australia and New Zealand have different types of cultures and both of these places you can uh, like explore uh, culture like for example what was really rich in the New Zealand culture and even in Australia in places like good Coast, you do have cultural shows that happen which you could explore but uh, since you mentioning that you want this to be like you want to experience lesser, lesser crowds. crowds so Australia generally has a yeah. little more crowd yeah. especially yeah. in the major cities like Melbourne Sydney Gold I think it's a little off but again, you do have a lot of travellers, generally travelling at that point of time. If Australia is one difference, like if you want to cover uh, a little bit of city life, nightlife, and you want mm-hmm. less places, then I think Hamilton uh, could be a good option if you're looking at an island destination. If you're interested in looking at like a good off place and a little bit of hiking or trekking, then Uluru would be a great option for Australia. But on the other hand, if uh, nightlife and city life is something which is not a big difference, and you're more interested in the nature and uh, covering other off places, then Houston would be a better option because you have like great places like Portmantle or the Bay of Island if you're interested in uh, beaches and if you're interested in other smaller uh, scenic towns, you have smaller places like Wanaka, Lake Tekapo. Uh, etc., where you can just sit back and relax, and these places offer really good views. Uh, like small trekking, for example, from Lake Tekapo, you, you could go to Mount Cook, which also offers a great experience of star gazing. So, looking, and especially since you mentioned that you are going to a honeymoon you could uh, you want a couple of romantic activities as well, right? So, New Zealand would be a little better. Yeah. And again, the advantage uh, of New Zealand is a car hire because. You get to move around from one place to the other at your own pace, like you don't have any fixed timing uh, to travel because again if you want to part a little later, you have the flexibility because you have a car and the best part about your is like when you're traveling from one place to the other, especially like smaller places like Manapato, uh, Pram Joseph, you have uh, like places like Dastu, Nashi Park, past etc. where you just want to have a small depot, probably go to some restaurant, stop for coffee and then continue your journey. So, this you have the flexibility of choosing where you want to go and at the last moment when you are in your vacation. So, that's uh, like something which you could uh, probably use, and I hope that helped answer your question. And uh, you can always reach out to us as well, and we would be happy to help you. Also, check our website because you get a fair enough idea of uh, what the accommodation offers and what the cost of this is because both New Zealand and Australia, the cost of the flights that, have been, the hotels that they offer are different. So, you can choose which one you really prefer, and we can always help you with uh, this. So, the next question is uh, uh, Is there a way to speed up the process to get my New Zealand visa? And how well in advance do you recommend applying? Uh, so, we talk about New Zealand visa, there's no such a fast track process because, uh, as for the New Zealand embassy, it takes about 15 to 20 working days. And, we're uh, talking about uh, like the visa process, uh, like it's basically the general documents that you will need, like uh, the ideas, the bank statements, your uh, payslips, your N O C from your employer. If you're, uh, if it's your uh, honeymoon trip, then you have to give your uh, engagement,
1: engagement photos.
0: And apart from that, the general like forms that you have to give, passports, passport size photos, and your itinerary, your, your flight booking, your hotel bookings, so all of that would be required. And to answer your question about how well in advance do you recommend am plan? So it takes roughly about 3-20 working days for the visa to get uh, approved, but that also is completely uh, depending on uh, the embassy. And we recommend that you uh, like plan this at least uh, three months in advance, three four months in advance, so that firstly you get benefit uh, of uh, not having to pay extra because the more de- uh, more you delay, you do not get promo offers. Because generally you have promo offers for flights running at sixty. Or uh, 90 days in advance, and the more closer you go, the cost of this would only get uh, like more. And this way, you wouldn't want that. And uh, visa also, like you would need a little time to get all your visa documents, and post which takes about 15-20 working days. So, like that is about uh, a month in total. So, we recommend like having that. And if you're planning to go to Australia usually, uh, uh, most of the flights sometimes have uh, labor in Australia. And in case it has a labour in Australia, you have to apply for an Australian transit visa as well. The documentation is more or less similar, but you additionally need about 5-10 working days. So a bare minimum of 2 months is what I would recommend if you are looking at having a labour in Australia, like okay. a transit. And most of the flights that depart are mostly Qantas Airways, And they currently are running group offers, so most of us uh, choose those airlines. Uh, so, I would definitely recommend that you, if you are planning, then roughly about four five months in advance is when you should be looking to book this so that it is comfortable for your visa. And then the next question is uh, like, there's a family of four and they're looking to spend their holidays, uh, okay. December holidays, in a great place and they prefer a resort. And they're asking what are the places that you could recommend?
1: Hamilton Islands is like one of the places which offers resorts in Australia because you usually don't have resorts in Australia when I mean you compare Melbourne, Sydney, or other places. So Hamilton Island would be one option where you can go visit the Great Barrier Reef, or you know so you, you can just relax at the beach. And yeah, so that is one option that I would recommend.
0: So apart from that, even in Australia, I see probably like places like uh, close to to here code A that yeah. would be a good option where you can just sit back and relax. Again, you have a couple of options of resorts and, but if you see Australia is more about uh, city life, uh, yeah. the scenic beauty that it offers and it doesn't offer a lot of resorts as such yeah. but you do have great accommodations in terms of uh, like 5 star luxury yeah. properties yeah. so that is something you are interested in so that's something I would definitely know like Uh, so this the next question is uh, how much do you account for personal expenses for a trip uh, in new zealand mostly for fine dining and uh, a couple of activities and this was answered by a uh, question by anand so if you talk about new zealand uh, like given uh, the average cost for meal especially for a couple it should be about 30 40 dollars in a normal restaurant and the average cost in this case again comfortably i would say 100 dollars should, uh, should suffice and similarly, like Australia, right? Because even in Australia, firstly, the dollar also is more or less similar. So the cost-wise, right, should be uh, the same. And you're looking at roughly about eight ten days, right? So I would say a comfortable amount of eight hundred to thousand dollars for just food would be recommended. But uh, like I think you're taking a self-drive option, right? So uh, for the self-drive, you also have to additionally pay uh, the fuel cost, and uh, that really depends on the itinerary that you'll be looking at. And, uh, like, looking at the standard i3 uh, you should be looking at spending about 50, not rupees just for the few Apart from that, you would have the cost for the toll for the parking, and this also should mark about five thousand rupees uh, roughly. Apart from that, it depends on your activities and uh, like shopping expenses. That so, leaving shopping aside because that obviously doesn't have a limit to it, so taking all. Those into consideration. The cost that you should be like comfortably taking is roughly about $200,000 for a couple for roughly about 8-10 days. Uh, so, Krishnamurti has asked, I'm planning to take a vacation this December to New Zealand and uh, his question is, uh, Skydiving in Queenstown and Skydiving in Wanaka, which one you recommend would be a better option and what are all the things that I need to know before the skydive experience? So if you talk about Skydiving, both Queenstown and Wanaka offer great skydiving experiences. So I, if you're asking my personal recommendation, I would think Wanaka would be a better option because Wanaka offers a really great uh, like uh, the free fall because the scenery that you get to see you'll be able to see Rose at one side you'll be able to see the Lake Queenstown uh, at one side you also get to see the smaller town of Wanaka and, and uh, that's going to be the best experience out of all the places that are there in uh, New Zealand so I would personally be looking at uh, Lake Wanaka instead of Lake Queenstown because that's going to be a better expense uh, and in terms of uh, what you should really know about uh, before doing a skydiving so skydiving obviously you should not be scared of bikes because uh, if you book that and uh, you end up uh, wasting all your money and all the other things uh, like all uh, the Zealand offers one of the best skydiving experiences and they will guide you on what are the things that you should be looking at but the main thing is uh, like skydiving also has uh, a weight restriction so weight restriction, as in if in case your weight is more than 100 kilos, then you might uh, not be allowed to do that. And uh, otherwise, they would have to uh, like uh, like use extra harness and stuff. So that alone, have, uh, like we would recommend that uh, you check if you've already booked this. Otherwise, uh, we can always check and gently front it has a higher weight limit. So if, uh, in case you are uh, looking at that, produce it uh, would be a better option for you to consider. So the next question is by Ruben, he's asking, I have a cousin who lives in Sydney somewhere and uh, uh, he's asking if it is mandatory to acquire a tourist visa. So uh, to travel to Australia, it is uh, mandatory that you have an Australian visa even if you have a relative there. and in terms of the visa requirements, your visa you would still need all the uh, requirements and in addition what you would need is you would need your uh, You need an invitation letter from your uh, cousin who lives in Sydney and you you also need to additional documentation of uh, how long he's been rested there and uh, what's his occupation like, his passport details. Apart from that, you will need to give all your documents, that is your ICRs, your bank statements, uh, your NOC from your employer if you're employed. And um, it would still take the same amount of time, which is roughly about 15-20 working days, as per the Australian uh, Embassy. So, unfortunately, even if you have a relative, you still have to apply yeah, for no, a visa, visa. And it is going to be a tourist visa. But having think an invitation letter is definitely going to be help uh, bring in an additional like your visa application feel a little more stronger. Uh, so, the next question is uh, from Pragya. She's asking, What adventurous sports can I do uh, for in Australia? I have skydiving in mind. Any other suggestions that you could help me out with? I
1: think, uh, she so yeah, skydiving is a really good option in Australia, you can either do it in Sydney or Gold Coast. Both are really good options but I would prefer Sydney most because you will, I mean, it's a bit better than compared to Gold Coast. So that is one thing and you can also, you have a lot of water sports in, uh, let's say you have snorkeling, diving, which are other options, and apart from that, if you go to Gold Coast, you will have a lot of theme parks that you can cover. You have Movie World, you have Sea World, so it will take easily a day for you to cover at least one theme park. So maybe you can spend three or four days in Gold Coast and cover all the theme parks there. So that is something.
0: Really and uh, to talk about this snorkeling and the scuba diving, I think the Great Barrier Reef is one of the best places yes. for you to do the scuba diving. Scuba diving and in case it. you are looking at a good water experience, then the scuba diving is going to be the best because, uh, like the four reef that you get to see is. You get uh, to experience
1: the underwater.
0: Right. So that's the best experience. Apart from that, you also have, I think, a couple of other water activities like water rafting, kayaking, and stuff, yeah. which you could do in either of these places. And like we, like she said, so Sydney would be a better option for you to do the skydiving because that gives you a different experience, like you get to see the city uh, from uh, uh, from the top. Yeah. So that's uh, like the best experience, uh, like if you're interested in the city view, then Sydney would be a better option.
1: If you're interested in beaches and all that, I mean beaches and uh, skydiving would be a better option but I would suggest theme parks and skydiving, I mean sorry, theme parks in Gold Coast and uh, skydiving in Sydney. Okay.
0: So, the next question is My husband and I have already been to New Zealand. Uh, while we both uh, are nature lovers, could you suggest some places that are more off Uh So, I believe that uh, you mentioned that you're looking, you've are looking. already been to the major places like Auckland, Ottawa, Queenstown, France, and Christchurch.
1: But uh, like you see, there are a lot
0: of off beat places, like I was mentioning. So, Beer Pilings or Coromandel Town, if you're interested in beaches, is a very good experience that uh, you should be looking at, especially Coromandel Town because uh, this place called Khaithril is a really beautiful beach and especially since you are considering offbeat places uh Katerilko would be a good option and close to Khaithril you also have great hot water beaches so, which is very really unique and you don't get to see those in a lot of places so that in the north area I would suggest apart from that you could also look at places like uh, for example Bahiki island close to Auckland is a great place for it just uh, because that's basically an island, you also have great vineyards there. So, in case you guys are buying lovers, I would say the vineyard experience in uh, IKI Island A is one of the best. And apart from that, you can also look at smaller places like Tungari Road, Topo, in the north itself, where you get to a lot of uh, like even adventurous activities, or if you want to sit back and relax and explore the nature. That's a different uh, win and Toma uh, River especially offers a great trek. So in case you guys are uh, like interested in trekking, that's going to be one of the best options uh, for you guys. And talk uh, for the South Island, South Island is where you have more of nature and scenic beauty where you just want to just sit back and uh, look at uh, the places. And this you see, uh, close to Queenstown, you have a place called Glenorchy, which is also one of the places where the Lord of the Rings were shot. So you could either uh, just go there, uh, look at the places where this movie was shot. Apart from this, you also have smaller places like Tienauk. So Tienauk, or like you would have gone to Milford some, but Tienau has uh, the Fiatal National Park, which also is a really beautiful place, which you just want to just sit back and relax. You also have a couple of treks that you can do. And mostly, see, all these places are like a small trek, a small walk that you want to explore uh, the beauty on uh, the hills, right? And apart from that, uh, like I was mentioning, so you have Lake Wizzle, Mount Cook also as one of the regions, which is not really uh, like explored by a lot of people. It is a little offbeat, and even like they don't even offer a lot of accommodation often. You hardly have about three, four decent accommodations that you would want to stay. And uh, they also are really interested, uh, like if you're interested in stargazing or just sitting back and exploring the scenic beauty, that's going to be uh, a good option. But just one uh, tip I'd like to give you is if you are planning for places uh, like I was mentioned, since it doesn't offer a lot of accommodations, we would recommend that you plan this well in advance so that uh, you don't get disappointed and you have to look at a different place altogether. So that's just one tip that I would recommend if you are looking at these offbeat places because even though uh, you have the advantage that these are less crowded places, but they don't even offer a lot of accommodations. So that's still uh, something you have to take care of. So Pawil has asked the next question from Haryana. she's asking is Great Ocean Drive as beautiful as shown in the pictures and uh, how long does it uh, take to drive entirely?
1: Yeah it is more beautiful than it is shown in the pictures so Great Ocean Road is a really good place and if it is your honeymoon then you should definitely take a long drive to the Great Ocean Road so that you experience beautiful uh, and also you can get, get to see the 12 apostles which is a very famous thing and it will take approximately two, I mean, two hours to go and two hours to come back so I would say four to five hours
0: and this I again, mean, it, it depends on how long you want to uh, stay there. Because uh, if you want to explore the sunset or the sunrise, then doing a day trip from Melbourne is something we wouldn't yeah. recommend. Because it becomes really hectic for you to uh, like finish the sunset uh, and then come back. Because the main reason is Australia uh, like has a lot of daylight. You have daylight till about eight nine in the evening, depending on the weather, obviously. But uh, if you are looking at exploring the sunset and then coming back driving, it becomes really tiring thing. And so if you are exploring that option, we would recommend that you could you probably have a halt day. And
1: a polar um, bay and Yanks maybe stay there for a night You know, after you finish off all the sightseeing hey? If you just come relax at the hotel with, and then you can drive back to Melbourne the next day morning So that would be an easier option for you
0: yes. So if you are looking at uh, exploring the sunset or sunrise yes. Then that's something we would definitely recommend And again in terms of driving also it depends totally up to you because the average time will only about 2-3 hours but yeah. if you were stopping in various places then it's going to take a little more longer. Yeah. So this question is from uh, Santana from Amritsar. sir. Uh, she's asking, my husband and I will be celebrating our 10th year anniversary next month and she'd like to surprise him with a trip. Uh, which place would be hassle free? And uh, like, has free to be a plan for Australia or New Zealand. Uh, so, this wants your question. Both Australia and New Zealand uh, would be really has with planning. Uh, you can be uh, like, you would have to even take the hassle of planning this yourself because we, as uh, destination experts, would be able to help you out with uh, these destinations. And not just in terms of helping you with the itinerary, we also would be able to help you with. Uh, First, deciding on which destination you should be looking at depending on your preferences. Because, Like we said, if you're interested more in exploring the city, if you're interested in theme parks and a little bit of water activities, then Australia is a great option. And uh, looking at New Zealand, uh, New Zealand is known into nature and scenic beauty and a little bit of adventurous activities. And, uh, but New Zealand, I would say the, the best way to explore it is by hiring a car. So in case you aren't comfortable with New Zealand, like uh, in case you aren't comfortable with driving, then we would recommend that you probably look at australia because australia also has really has the scenic beauty and uh, the city life that you could explore so that uh, like i would definitely recommend that you uh, share your number as well so that uh, we can reach out to you and uh, help you plan this vacation out yeah. So the next question is from Aditya and he's asking is Australian visa easy to get? We are a group of college graduates who are planning to take a 10 day trip there. Uh, so they say we talk about Australian visa. Visa anywhere uh, is going to be a little tiresome because of the documentation that it has. But uh, making sure all the documents are uh, like present uh, and obviously if you are planning this with us, we would be able to guide you on what are the exact documents that you need we would have like we have a visa like dedicated visa person who would be able to help you exactly check what are the documents and on your behalf you would be able to apply for this and in terms of uh, visa you, uh, the only way, only reason why visa is generally rejected is in case you miss out on uh, providing some documentation or you do not have sufficient bank balance to show or again you make some mistake in filling up these forms so that's why we recommend that you definitely reach out to an expert because they would be able to help you out uh, with this and uh, visa being the most important thing because without a visa however hard you plan for this trip in case the visa doesn't come through it uh, like you would not be able to make the trip itself so visa wise visa is really important and uh, the advantage for australia is you don't even have to apply like you don't even have to book your uh, flights or uh, your accommodation to apply for the australian for for the visa and in case you are planning for australia then i would recommend that you can at least start with all the visa documentations to start with so, that uh, we can continue helping you plan uh, for the itinerary as well. So, the next question is uh, from Mr. Prashant uh, Venkara Subramanian. So, this uh, he's asking what's the best time to visit ANZ and the recommended uh, cities to visit? Uh, so, in terms of weather wise, if you're talking, the best time to visit Australia and New Zealand would be from November to March because that's when it's the summer season. And obviously you have longer daylights and a lot of your activities will be functional. You don't have the risk that some of your adventure activities might get cancelled to the weather. And to answer your question about what are the cities that you would recommend? So that purely depends on uh, what you are really interested in. So if you are looking at the major highlights then for Australia it is definitely going to be Melbourne. To me, uh, the beaches. If you, you must visit
1: the Great Barrier Reef, which such cities as well. So Australia-wise
0: Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Ames is definitely a must-see. Apart from that, if you're interested in uh, little off-speed places, do could be a good option, Darwin could be a good option, and even Perth on the western side could be a good option, but the only difficulty is in terms of logistics, because all the other places that you generally visit, you would be visiting are in the eastern side. Perth alone is in the western side, but uh, coming back to your question about uh, New Zealand. So New Zealand also, if you're looking at the main highlights, that's going to be Auckland, Ottawa, uh, Queenstown, Franz Josef and Christchurch. The reason being you get a complete, like you get CCTs, beaches, uh, a little bit of uh, culture and you also get to see the landscape of a glacier. And, but this also it depends on your uh, like duration. If you have a lot of time to spare from your office, then we can always look at adding a lot more offbeat places, like I was mentioning about Manaka, Lake Tekapo, uh Coromandel, uh, Bay of Valens, so a lot of these places can be added uh, on top of all of this, depending on the duration that you have. Okay. Uh, so the next question is from Sir Anand. Uh, New Zealand driving, is it safe? And uh, what are the requirements? And do you suggest a car or a camper? Uh, so this you are talking about, firstly, uh, driving. Uh, driving is a really comfortable thing for New Zealand because most of the roads are highways and they really uh, have bigger lanes. So, in terms of driving, that's going to be a really comfortable drive. And uh, we recommend that you take an automatic transmission car. So this way you don't even have the hassle of changing gears. You can always just put this on cruise control. And even in terms of navigation, navigation should not be a problem because you have like the car has a GPS. So you can always use the GPS and along with it, you could also have Google maps uh, just as a safety. And to, uh, to answer your question about safety, uh, so safety-wise New Zealand, you would not have any uh, problems driving there. But obviously, we recommend that you take all the necessary precautions like driving. Like uh, In terms of uh, the regulations, we recommend that you know about all the regulations uh, beforehand and uh, we make sure that you do not drive late in the night because that's when um, things can go out of So we recommend that you stick to the driving times, mostly in the morning and stick to the city when you are in the night. So that way uh, there's no problems. And in terms of driving in New Zealand, the main reason in New Zealand is really uh, like people are generally interested in driving in New Zealand is because firstly it is a right hand drive just like. and uh, in terms of documentation you do not need any additional documentation for driving there an Indian driver's license which is written in English completely works fine there the only addition is uh, like a credit card because uh, you would need a credit card they would block a certain amount as a refundable secondary deposit which would generally after you return uh, the car. And this also can be avoided if you take a full insurance, which we generally recommend because if you do not take a full insurance, that means that the complete liability in case there's any damages would be on you. But in case you take a full insurance, then the liability is going to be on the insurance company, but depending on uh, the insurance policy that you take. And if, in terms of cars and campervans, uh, if you talk about campervans, campervans generally is a good option if looking at traveling with like uh, like looking at longer journeys and you want to stay at offbeat places, you do not want to plan itinerary, then a campervan is definitely a good option. And even if you want to save some bus camper campervan is an option, but it comes with its own inconveniences because parking becomes an inconvenience. You do not have like a great bed to sleep on, uh, so that again is something which you could look at. And uh, in terms of Uh, So, the next question is from Mayapan. So, he's asking how many nights should I be planning if I want to visit uh, New Zealand uh, and do all the adventurous activities and also visit the uh, tourist attractions there? So, the average time uh, to visit New Zealand is after about 12 nights. So, because uh, that's when you could uh, have a mixture of city life, Uh, you can look at a little of culture, visit all the places and the uh, 12 nights should be ideal for you to explore uh, most of the adventurous activities because you can spend about four five nights in queenstown where you can do most of the adventurous activities because uh, queenstown is known as the adventure capital of the world where you can do most of the activities and in case you're looking at other activities john joseph would be a good option because you can look at going helicopter rides hiking kayaking quad biking a lot of options that you go do. And South Island is majorly where you would want to focus on uh, for doing most of the activities. So moving forward, uh, the next question is from Amrit, he's asking, I'm planning for a road trip uh, through Australia. Any suggestions on what kind of car to rent and where to rent it from? Uh, so firstly, if you talk about Australia, generally we wouldn't recommend that you uh, do it as a complete uh, drive because most of the places are really far from each other. So, like uh, you talk about Melbourne, Sydney itself, you have to take a flight. That itself is roughly about a month, one to two hours of flight duration. And the same thing if you're looking to drive, that's going to be a 12 hour long drive roughly. But if you are planning to drive in New Zealand, uh, sorry, Australia, yeah. then we would recommend that you could do it between Melbourne and Sydney itself because that's the closest that you can get. You can obviously have a lot of uh, stops in, in between,
1: between.
0: Uh, like Penguin Island, uh, Wall a lot of smaller places that you could uh, stop by because at the end of the day it is a vacation right? you want it to be as easily as possible and you wouldn't want the hassle of completely driving around and to talk about uh, australian uh, like car hire. so you do have a lot of uh, car companies yeah. which operate there you have uh, go rentals you have uh, thrifty you have europe car so a lot of those which we are also partnered with which we could uh, help you plan this out and but if you see if you talk about australia we generally recommend that you take, take uh, internal flight because like, yeah.
1: you would want to cover the other
0: places also like outdoors and canes because from melbourne to Keynes itself that's roughly about a three and a half hour flight which means that if you're looking at uh, driving, it's going to take you days and days. Yeah, Yeah, so that's something which we will try to get out So the next question is from Ankita, and she's asking, uh, she's planning for a 20-day trip uh, to New Zealand and they're planning it entirely as a road trip and they're traveling as a family of four. Uh, she's asking about the places that you'd like to cover and uh, what kind of uh, rent, what kind of vehicle would you uh, prefer to take. So this, if you see, uh, firstly 20 days is a great uh, time to explore Houston. You'll have a lot of leisurely time and uh, you'll also explore a lot of smaller cities. And uh, this way in terms of uh, the places that you visit So given you have 20 days, what we would recommend is you can drive all the way from the North Island to the South Island. Which means that you can start with Auckland, uh, drive down to our followed by Carpool, you go to Wellington, and from Wellington you have the most famous uh, ferry ride, which takes you all the way to Napier, and that's some uh, which takes you to Nelson. I'm sorry, which uh, and you could experience that ferry as well. And from Nelson, you could all the way travel to um, like Christchurch, followed by Franz Josef, then Queenstown, and from Queenstown you might have to come back to Christchurch or Auckland, catch your flight because. Queenstown is not that well connected in terms of your international flights uh, but this again if you are looking at a little more leisurely uh, option i would recommend that we probably skip the Wellington uh, ferry altogether because that makes the distance too long and you could rather just take a flight like you do Auckland or Norfolk and then take a flight from Auckland back to Queenstown so that you can do the south island in reverse and end in Christchurch and top of the car that uh, you would want to take I would say a hatchback or a sedan might not be really comfortable for you because you guys are four in number. Like this. Uh, seating wise, that should be comfortable, but obviously, you'll be having a lot of uh, luggage as well for you to carry. On. And the boot space might not be enough for all the folks. So, if you are, if you are planning uh, to go as a family, I would recommend that you take uh, a bigger SUV because that's when it will be a little more comfortable for you to drive and uh, carry your luggage as well.
1: So we have a question from Mr. Ajay. So he's saying that he wants to travel uh, to Gold Coast. His uncle lives there in Surfers the Paris and he's asking what places that can be explored during his stay. So some of the musts, I would again say, are the theme parks in Gold Coast. You have like a lot of theme parks, and you can cover, I mean, each theme park a day. Or if you're into nightlife and partying, then Gold Coast is a really good place because you have a lot of beach parties at night and you can go visit them and uh, apart from this you can just like there are a lot of beaches in Gold Coast so maybe you can just go explore the beaches there and we will take the public and explore the places.
0: So public transportation like she said that's really well connected in Gold Coast so that way I don't think transportation should be a problem. And apart from that, I think you could also do a couple of day trips, uh, for example to Byron Bay or yes. uh, the Kampurin National Park, yes. those are some things which you could look at. And, and you
1: have a lot of adventure activities as well, apart from the parks, like you could do skydiving in Byron Bay yes. and uh, yeah.
0: So a couple of water activities also that you could explore and uh, since you're anyway traveling all the way to Gold Coast, I'd say that you could probably just make a vacation out of this, visit the other places because you have Cains which is like I mentioned about the best place for uh, scuba diving. It also offers a couple of uh, like other stuff that you could do and the most famous one would be the Kuranda National okay. Park Experience and you can combine this with Sydney and Melbourne as well if you're looking at more city life and the attractions and activities that you could do there. Uh, so, the next question is uh, from Aparna, she's asking, my husband and I are great movie buffs, apart from the Hobbiton, what are the other movie sets uh, to visit in New Zealand? So if you talk about movie sets, uh, like New Zealand is home to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit uh, movies that were uh, like there. But if you talk about other movies. You have a, like a couple of Indian movies like Khamosh Na and stuff that were uh, shot there. But not like you don't have any uh, like sets which are actually there because uh, it's nothing like the Hobbiton movie sets which were shot there. And but if you if, if, if you talk about the Hobbiton or the Lord of the Rings itself, uh, it was not just close to Ottawa where the Hobbiton movie was shot. You have it. in a lot of these places. For example, in uh, Nelson, you have uh, one such a place itself where. Uh, they have a lot of merchandise of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit that they generally have on this. And apart from that, a place called Twizzle where a lot of the Lord of the Rings movies were shot. Even Glenorchy as a place was where a lot of the Lord of the Rings movie were shot. There are also a couple of guided trips that you could take if you are really into the information about what scenes were shot and how they were shot. Because we have great uh, day trips that are offered. Like from Queenstown itself, you could go to Glenorchy and uh, uh, to Twizzle. So uh, that's something I would recommend if you are uh, into a little more about the Hobbiton and the Lord of things itself. Uh, so the next uh, question is from Shreya. She's traveling uh, to uh, Sydney next month and she's going uh, there for work. She'll have about eight, nine hours to herself for every day for about four days. And uh, what are the top activity recommendations that you could do? And she'll be staying in the city center itself near the Opera House.
1: Yeah, so then she can just go visit the Opera House for one day. Maybe you can just go watch a show in the Opera House if the tickets are available, that is. And apart from this, you have a, uh, something called the Attraction Pass where you can go is the Sydney La- uh, Aquarium, you can go visit Manipassad. So maybe you can cover one one places each day or maybe two places. And then you have the Bondi Beach where you can just go and relax. So these are some of the options that you can
0: choose. So apart from that, you can also visit the Tauranga Zoo. Because the Tauranga Zoo is uh, one of the best in case looking at wildlife because you can see and feed kangaroos. Uh, or going all the way to Australia, who wouldn't want yeah. to visit kangaroos. And apart from that, you could also do a couple of day trips. For example, Blue Mountains would be one such place which yes. you could combine with like Featherdale Wildlife Park and also have an experience of a cruise while coming back. And also a lot of other cruises also are really famous, especially on the sides of the opera house, yeah. uh, like the showboard dinner cruise, which you could do in one of the evenings that were free. And mostly Sydney, if you see, is all about uh, like really good city life, uh, like nightlife and the food. Like if you're a foodie, then uh, Sydney has a lot of good restaurants, cafes that you would just want to sit back and relax. And it's also home to a lot of shopping. So yeah. obviously, uh, in case so you're looking at shopping, shopping, shopping uh, would definitely take a lot of your time. Uh, like almost one day you would go for shopping itself. So the next question is uh, like from Amrit. Uh, Amrit already has a New Zealand tourist visa and they're traveling from India and he'd like to go to Australia as well. And is the visa process easy? So if you see, if you talk about New Zealand visa, if you, since you already have a New Zealand tourist visa, uh, like New Zealand and Australia are two different countries, so you would have to take a different visa for Australia as well. And uh, applying for an Australian visa would be Easy, but obviously, you would need to have the time for it. That's after about 15 to 20 days. That's working days. And if you only have the New Zealand visa, I think that's going to be very easy for you to just, uh, like, for the Australian visa to get because, uh, like, it's in terms of documentation, it is more or less uh, the same. And you just have to replicate the same documents that you shared uh, for, uh, for Australia, Australia as well. So, to answer your question, it shouldn't be a very big problem for you to get. Uh, a visa for Australia because you already have it uh, for New Zealand, but you would still have to apply for a different visa for uh, staying in Australia. So the next question is from Anuj and uh, what are the essentials to carry when taking a road trip uh, through New Zealand? Uh, so usually if you see taking a road trip then the most essential thing i would suggest is carry a lot of water and a couple of snacks with you because in case you're looking to have a long drive uh, you might not want to stop in various places so uh, my main recommendation would be that you carry uh, uh, like water and a lot of snacks with you and i would also recommend that uh, you take a uh, good uh, like chargers with you and uh, because in case your battery drains, and in case you want to use a google Maps, or you want to contact us when you are uh, in your vacation you would always uh, have that in handy and apart from that you would always have uh, like a newsletter handbook because uh, generally all of them speak uh, english but in case you want to just communicate with somebody having known their language like having a handbook of that would be really easy for you to like at least have a quick conversation uh, with other locals so, the next question is from Simi. Uh, she's asking what's the maximum period of stay in New Zealand on a tourist visa and how do we extend this? So, mm-hmm. you can see if you talk about a New Zealand visa, that generally comes for about three months in uh, total. And in case you to looking to extend this, you would have to apply for, like, you have to just mention this in the covering letter. And based on that, that is when they would be able to uh, suggest, uh, like, they'll be able to give you a longer visa. But uh, generally, a tourist visa uh, for a longer duration is not uh, like given because generally tourists travel for a shorter duration of time. Obviously, there are off cases, and uh, we just have to make sure that we mention this in the covering letter. Which uh, the embassy would consider, and based on that, they would be able to give you uh, the visa for a longer period. Uh, so the next question is from uh, Omshay. He's asking, uh, "We are looking at it. We are looking to treat our kids with a surprise rotation where can we take them in australia so you talk about australia australia is definitely a good option uh, for you to take your kids to because uh, uh, australia is home for a lot of theme parks and uh, obviously gold coast is known for its theme parks and i'm sure that your kids will love that Uh, you have a lot of theme parks right from wet and wild uh, dream world movie world World and they're really
1: big fans batman superman they get to like Go, that, go to the movie world and you will definitely
0: enjoy the experience there. And this obviously can be combined with a couple of day tours that you can go where to explore the scenic beauty and uh, this can be combined with Sydney, or, uh, Sydney Melbourne, King's where uh, you get to see, you get to experience the city life and the nightlife and a lot of city-oriented activities that you could explore so it gives you a perfect mixture where you're not uh, where uh, they feel that they're not doing just the theme parks and they're exploring some bit of uh, others as well. And in terms of fooding also, like you're asking if Indian food is easily available in Australia. So you have really good Indian joints in all the places that, uh, like generally you go, Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Kings, all of them offer great Indian joints uh, for you to just go, uh, sit back and have great Indian food. And uh, food-wise, Indian food uh, is easily available, even in case you guys are vegetarian. Uh, apart from the Indian cuisine also you have a lot of other Indian uh, normal vegetarian food that uh, you could have and in case you guys uh, are non-vegetarian you guys would love uh, to explore the cuisines uh, that uh, you get to experience there because Cain's uh, also has a really good night market where you could just go and explore the different types of, uh, of food. So that's something I think which would really be uh, helpful. So the next question is from Ajinkya, he's asking what is the one must do in Australia given I really love wildlife. So Australia, I think uh, you've chosen, because Australia is home to a lot of wildlife and right from penguins to kangaroos to koalas and all the other smaller animals that you want to visit, you can definitely look at that option and the most famous, like the the place that you really love is going to be Melbourne because you have uh, the Phillip Island there where you get to see the penguin show. And that's something which happens almost throughout the year, so even if you're planning this, uh, probably later, uh, that, uh, it's going to be really easy for you to do. And talk about other places, close to Adelaide, there's a place called Kangaroo Island as well, where you could see a lot of uh, animals and that would not in the zoo probably in the open itself. So if you're interested in doing that, then I think Kangaroo uh, Island also is a great option. And like I was mentioning about Sydney, Sydney has uh, one of the best zoos called the Toranga Zoo. Where you could go see taboos and you could also have the option of feeding them. So, Ka- Torrington is something which uh, is definitely going to be in your bucket list uh, since you really enjoy wildlife. So, the next question is from Sanjay, and he mentioned that he's a really enthusiastic stargazer. What are the places uh, we would recommend in Australia and New Zealand? So, if you talk about stargazing, stargazing predominantly, I'd say. Usually, uh, would be a, a better yeah. option because you have uh, like of smaller places which doesn't have a lot of uh, pollution and because of which you would be able to see the stargazing better. And stargazing-wise, uh, like looking at a proper uh, place to do this, then you have a couple of options. So, for example, Queenstown, you can do this. You can combine this with the Skyline Gondola, where you can have this stargazing experience as well. And you could follow this uh, if, you, if you are looking to do this multiple times and Mount Cook has a uh, configuration that uh, it has an observatory where you could also know about the stars and uh, the astronomy. And uh, stargazing also is like compared to each town, Mount Cook would be a little better in terms of the stargazing because it is a really small town, and the skies are really uh, clear and stargazing wise that's gonna be a better option. And you also get to see the southern lights at uh, one point of time, so in case you are interested in that, that also is going to be a really great option for you to do. In case, look, uh, like since it's a very small town, you don't have a lot of accommodation options, you could also look at uh, Lake Tech, because Lake Tech also has an observatory called the Earth and Sky Star Observatory. So that also is something which uh, you could alternatively do in case you are not visiting the other two places for any reason. Uh, so, the next question is uh, from Anjana. So, the next question she's asking We have time to cover only one city uh, while in Australia. Uh, which one would you recommend? Uh, we love nightlife, culture, and also trying out new things. So, we talked about Australia. Like, since you mentioned you're really interested in uh, city life, nightlife, a little bit of culture then I'd say uh, Gold Coast is going to be a good option for you because uh, like if you're looking at life, that's a great option for you to explore. Apart from that, you also have a lot of other activities that you could do and Gold Coast is home to the best beaches that you could explore. So that is something I would recommend. Uh, and also Gold Coast has really great accommodation options which has great views of the ocean. So uh, since you have only time to visit one of the places, I'd say Gold Coast should be a good option. But if you're interested in a little Wildlife, I'd say even Melbourne would be a great option because Melbourne has a lot of uh, wildlife that you can explore but that's uh, something which is a little missing in whole Coast, and that's why Melbourne could be a, a better option for you to explore a little bit of uh, like more wildlife and it also offers a couple of additional activities that you could do like for example if you're interested in wine tasting. Yara Valley is a really great option for you to go and uh, do the wine tasting as well. It also offers a couple of like hot air rooms, smaller activities that you could explore. So Melbourne also is something which you could explore. Actually all the places in Australia offers uh, a, something different from uh, each other and uh, Melbourne, Sydney Goal, go to sort of them offer a lot of city life and nightlife. So you could choose according to the major preferences that you have. Next question is uh, like, what is the best place to get reasonably priced accommodations in Sydney? So, in terms of price-wise, you see Sydney has uh, like a lot of different types of accommodation, and if looking at price-wise, uh, my first recommendation would be plan your uh, vacation well in advance because. The more data you plan your vacation, the cost of the same property only increases, or the availability for the same decreases because the most value for money accommodation generally gets sold out at the very first. Because anybody who's planning, even if I'm planning my trip, I look at the most value for money accommodation and that's what I'm going to look for the first. And talking about places, if you see, I would recommend that you stay closer to the city center because uh, there are going to be options of accommodation that are going to be a little more economical but a little away from the city center. But the disadvantage is that you'll be spending a lot of time and uh, like probably money also on the transfers because you have to come to the city center for basically everything, right? From activities uh, to shopping to foods, like basically anything that you have to do, you have to come back to the city center. So I'd rather say that you stay a little more closer to the city centre because that's going to be really comfortable and within the city centre also you have a lot of options of accommodation because uh, Sydney it's not just hotels that are there you also have a couple of apartments so apartments also would be a great option for you to optimize the cost and in case you are traveling with children that's going to be a really uh, interesting option because you have a kitchenette option and in case you want uh, a cooking or even just heat will in the last moment That's something which you could comfortably do at any point of time. And in case you uh, prefer cooking your own food, you have a lot of supermarkets close by where you could just do a quick shopping and uh, cook your own food. And uh, so that's uh, like I would recommend that you stay closer to the city center and probably look at different types of accommodation instead of staying far from the city center because time wise, uh, you obviously would be traveling for a shorter duration and nobody wants to spend a lot of time during travel itself. So the next question is uh, for recommendations of some road trips in New Zealand. So New Zealand, as a place, you see I would say the entire uh, country is so beautiful and possibly that I would say yeah, the drive is going to be the best uh, but in case you are looking at only a, a part of it on the driver, like you want to drive only a part of it. Then I'd recommend the south is going to be a better option for you to drive. But the only disadvantage is that it has a little longer duration because all the places are a little far from each other. But uh, this, you see, what we can do is we can bifurcate your state. Because, uh, for example, if you're traveling from Queenstown to uh, uh, France, USA, on the way, instead of driving directly, which is roughly about a five, six hour drive, I'd say that you could stop, uh, stop by in Wanaka probably for a night or two and then go back to Host which divides your journey into 2-3 hours and you also get to spend a lot of time on these places because usually uh, the best way to explore it is going to be through a car hire only and uh, you also have a couple of other modes of transportation for example like I mentioned, buses and trains also are available and if you are looking at experience in a train I would say the TransAlpine train that runs from uh, Greymount to Christchurch or Christchurch to Greymount is going to be uh, the best experience out of the lot So, my definite recommendation would be that uh, take a road trip completely, but we can probably bifurcate this or we can look at combining this with a coach or train options. So, the next question is from Surabhi. Uh, She's asking, uh, she has a week of holidays before I start work and she's undecided between New Zealand and Australia, uh, she really helps, uh, she really likes city life and nature equally, uh, so this firstly, we you see, firstly talk about Australia or New Zealand, Having uh, think a week's time is something which is a little less for you to explore basically like even the highlights because uh, like even if you're taking Australia, if you want to cover uh, at least these, please, please you will need a uh, pair of nine nights to do this comfortably, uh, otherwise you can do it at a short time. But it means that you're doing a touching experience, which might not be the ideal thing, especially since you're joining back work because you'd want to be completely relaxed. And uh, Newsgate as well is the same thing, but if you are planning for a seven uh, seven day vacation only, I'd say you could look at two cases. For example, if you're looking at Australia, uh, Melbourne and Sydney could be a good option where you get to do both city life and nature because that's uh, one thing that you really like. right? And Sydney offers great nightlife, great city life, great places uh, for you to just sit back and relax. And Melbourne on the other hand has a lot of uh, nature and scenic beauty that you could explore. It also has a lot of wildlife that you could uh, look at. And even if you talk about Melbourne, you also have a space called Mount Buller which has a good nature uh, experience. So that could be a good like I'll say Australia would be a better option for you to cover, New Zealand. because New Zealand uh, has uh, like you need a lot more extra time to cover anything that uh, like if you look at all these uh, specific requirements that you have. But Australia on the other hand, these two places would be a good comfortable stay for you uh, before you join back work. But it's just that we generally recommend that uh, you take uh, at least a nine ten day vacation. So that's really comfortable for you to explore additional places because if you are going to Australia, you might not want to go to the same place once again. So the next question is uh, how strict are the customs while entering New Zealand and what are uh, the things that are strictly not allowed to take in? So New Zealand see, out of all the places has uh, most difficult customs and uh, in terms of food also you can carry food but it should clearly mention what are the specifications and what's the expiry date because without that you would not be able to carry that and any home uh, grown food you would not be able to carry that and all the places like if uh, even if your shoes have uh, like mud which is in the back so that is something you would not be able to carry so what i would recommend is uh, if you're planning to carry any food i'd recommend that uh, you carry only packed food probably haldirams, uh, like instant food that you generally have because that will clearly have all the requirements that uh, the customer officers will need for you to uh, take it continuously So the next question is about wine tasting. So they're really uh, like they're wine lovers and heard about so much about Hunter Valley. So what are the lesser known places to go wine tasting? So Australia I is home to the best vineyards. And like I was mentioning Yara Valley, Hunter Valley, a couple of other smaller vineyards that you could explore. And I'd see obviously Hunter Valley is one of the best experiences looking at Australia. But uh, I would say looking at wine tasting, usually also is a really great option for you to explore because uh, places like Waikiyallet especially is uh, hopeful, a lot of people where even Australians come all the way to Waikiyallet to explore to wine tasting. So if you are looking to explore something additionally, a good experience for the wine tasting, I'd say Waikiyallet would be a better option. And the main reason is one, number one, you get to experience a ferry ride from Auckland to and you also get to experience an island basically so you get to see a ferry ride the scenic beauty that the island offers and a very good experience of vineyards and not just that ike island also offers a lot of activities that you could do probably zip lining fire boxing a lot of food uh, options to explore as well food tasting options so i'd say ike island also could be a good option for to explore which can be combined with auckland from Zealand. So the next question is uh, from Deepak, uh, he's like, a friend of mine is planning a trip to Australia. Can you suggest some offbeat things to do over uh, cliche touristy things? So if you're looking at offbeat places, like uh, the major attractions of cities that people generally visit are Sydney, Melbourne, Coast and Kings. If you are looking at a couple of offbeat places and if for example, if you really love uh, beaches. Then Hamilton Island would be a, a great option for you to explore, and apart from that, uh, Port Aire could be a really great option, and the other smaller places which are less explored are places like Darwin, Port um, uh, that you could explore. But just that in terms of logistics, they are a little far from the major cities and do not offer really great international airports and that's why i would say that if, even if you're looking at those uh, places i'd say have at least sydney gold coast or uh, melbourne as part of it because international community wise that is going to save up a lot of your cost and uh, like nobody wants to spend extra on flights right that's the last thing that anybody would want to spend on you'd rather spend on hotels or activities or like you only know, have a lot of shopping experience, uh, expenses when you are there so my recommendation would be like we can look at a couple of coffee places but Having nice. said that we combine that with uh, the major cities so that you do not end up spending a lot on the international flight or even the internal flight because uh, internal flights also are going to be the major expense in looking at Australia because most of the places like I was mentioning are far from each other. We have to take internal flights on each other. This way we can always uh, like reduce your cost on the flights and rather spend that on activities or accommodation that uh, you can explore. Uh, so coming to our i think uh, this might be the last question because we are running out of uh, time and this uh, question is uh, from mr narendra and the question is how chilly does Zealand get and uh, planning to visit uh, the countries uh, during the winter so firstly if you talk about the winter winter predominantly is june july august for uh, muslim and in terms of weather-wise, the northern island is still going to be a little more warmer as compared to the southern island because the southern island is closer uh, to the glacier region and that's why the, uh, the temperature would go as low as uh, like 0 degrees. But having said that, uh, the days are still going to be a little more warmer but the main thing is it, it is going to be really cold and we would advise that you carry clothing at, uh, like accordingly. But uh, in terms of places to visit, it also is going to be a really beautiful place uh, because even during winter, you have a lot of things that you could explore, especially if you're looking at winter activities like skiing and stuff, because that's going to be the best time for you to uh, do that. And the only advice that we would have is uh, just carry extra clothing, probably thermal wear, and in case you are not comfortable with uh, the cold, we recommend that you could probably delay your trip a little more where it is not really uh, like the Summer season, but it's not really, really cold as well, and that could be uh, be the autumn or the spring because uh, that's in between the summer season. Uh, so that brings us uh, to the end of uh, this this uh, this week's aiming and we hope to we'll see you uh, next time with a lot of uh, questions and to help you with a different destination altogether.